What's going on, everybody? Austin here. And in this video, we are going to be taking a look at what the 2020 NFL draft is going to look like in the first round. So this is just going to be what I would do if I was the general manager for each team. Uh, and that means that, you know, if I'm, you know, picking at 15 for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not going to let a player slide that I want to see go to the Eagles. It's going to be who I think every single team should take at their position. So they're taking from who's left. So we're starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, and they've got pick one, one, and I have them taking Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Now, all the signs point to them taking Aiden Hutchinson, but I, I don't like that move. And the reasoning is simple. It's because if you've got a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback or a young quarterback, You've got to do everything that you can to make sure that this guy is set up for success. And as, as much as, you know, the Cam Robinson uh, re-signing franchise tag, whatever it is, as much as, as bringing him in back is going to, you know, supposedly help. And as much as bringing in, I think it was Brandon Sheriff is going to, you know, quote unquote, help. You really need an ace in the hole, and that guy has to be, you know, Evan Neal. The best offensive tackle came from the best school with the biggest guys against the best competition, and he showed out the most. So where does that leave the Detroit Lions? Uh, ideally, if I'm the Lions, I would want to trade back because you have so many holes, and I don't think that there's anybody that stands out above the rest. Um, an argument could be made for them to take an offensive tackle and – you know, you'll potentially trade Taylor Decker for future draft picks in order to, you know, kind of reset the age of your offensive line. But Aiden Hutchinson seems to be the, the consensus uh, number one pick right now. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a 95th plus percentile athlete. He had the year of productivity. I, I get a little nervous about guys who only have the one year of productivity. Um, but I mean, he had it, he's got the high motor, he loves football he, I mean, he, all the reports are saying he interviews well and he's got the right answers to the questions. So, you know, for Detroit to come in and swoop up the local kid, that would be a great pickup. I just hope that those don't bring uh, too much expectations because he's the hometown hero. For the Houston Texans, I have them taking Akeem Ikwanu, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State. Again, this just this goes back to the same point that I made for Evan Neal from Alabama going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Akeem is an incredible athlete. He's a massive, massive dude. He played incredibly well. In future videos, I will go over some breakdowns and, you know, we'll see different versions of what this first, you know, first round is going to look like. Um, and I'll go over, you know, each of these players, uh, you know, career highlights, maybe some stats, you know, size, things like that. But uh, Akeem is uh, an incredible offensive tackle, and you're going to want him to protect Davis Mills, who looks like he can be a franchise quarterback. An argument can be made here for the, the kid out of Iowa. I think his name is Trevor. Uh, but I like the Houston Texans uh, taking the offensive tackle out of North Carolina State. The New York Jets – feel like they're getting a steal with Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the defensive end from Oregon here. Going into this last uh, college season, there were quarterbacks 
who were supposedly going to be, you know, the guys, turns out none of them uh, are, you know, going to be drafted in the first, second, third, fourth round, whatever. Uh, But throughout the whole process, Kayvon Thibodeau was the guy, right? Kayvon Thibodeau was first defensive, first uh, defensive player taken, you know, going into last college season. And up until like the last three weeks of the season, it was going to be Kayvon Thibodeau, the first player overall taken. And then Aiden Hutchinson really started, you know, building up steam. He, he had the really great game against Ohio state, the really great game against Iowa and, and he just kind of took off with it. And I think, I think there were rumors that Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't have a high motor, doesn't really love the game of football. He was trying to stay away from smaller markets. Uh, I mean, you know, the Jets don't have to worry about, you know, being a small market and they shouldn't have to worry about taking Kayvon because he's an amazing athlete. He's an even better athlete with better size than Aiden Hutchinson. He just didn't have quite the same productivity. And if, if they can make sure that this guy is the guy that wants to play for the New York football Jets, Kayvon Thibodeau at four is a steal. Now, Kyle Hamilton, safe, the safety out of Notre Dame, also feels like a steal for the Giants. The Detroit Lions are rumored to be interested in Kyle Hamilton because, you know, he could be a, you know, one-of-one type athlete. The, the comp that I keep hearing for Kyle Hamilton is Ed Reed, which is amazingly high praise. But then he ran a slow 40 at the combine, which now people get scared. It's, it is what it is. I mean, you watch the game speed, you watch the, you watch the tape, you see if he can play football. I think the Detroit Lions might've gotten scared out of, uh, out of drafting him a little too much. And so he's going to fall to the Giants at five, which isn't low at all. And plus, I mean, the Giants need as much help. Uh, as they can on both sides of the football, pretty much except for the wide receiver room. The Carolina Panthers. um, Oh, so, okay. So the, the Houston Texans could take Charles cross the offensive tackle from Mississippi state, not Iowa. I don't, I'm not sure who I'm thinking of. Um, There's a lot of rumors that they could be taking either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. You ask me, I think that's a horrible decision. Uh, Carolina is not set up to develop a young quarterback and they get him killed. They have a, they have a horrible offensive line. They have a very subpar group of receivers. I mean, the only redeeming quality about their offense is that Christian McCaffrey sometimes plays. Um, But Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. I mean, this dude is, he had an elite college career he doesn't have the intangibles well no he doesn't have the tangibles he's not quite the physically most dominating uh tackle out of these guys and he played at a smaller school so you know he doesn't get the extra credit that going to Alabama or Georgia or LSU or you know Ohio State or Michigan or Oregon will get you but by no means do not do not play around with a guy that has amazing technique on the offensive line and Carolina really really needs better offensive linemen. The New York Giants, uh, with their pick from Chicago, I have them taking Ahmad Gardner, the cornerback from Cincinnati. Now, this kid, Sauce Gardner, uh, you've heard the stats. He's never given up a touchdown in college. He's never given up more than 13 yards to a single receiver uh, in a game in college. He's fantastic at what he does. And this move, uh, this draft pick right here, so you're getting a shutdown corner, the best in the draft. And then at five, remember, 
you're also getting safety Kyle Hamilton, the best safety in the draft. So with the best safety and the best cornerback in the draft, you are absolutely completely solving any problems you have in the secondary because now the guys that you have at the one spot become twos, twos become depth. And that's, I mean, that's fantastic for this franchise. Atlanta Falcons, I have them taking the first quarterback of the draft uh, with Malik Willis, the quarterback from Liberty. Uh, Malik has the highest upside of any of these quarterbacks. He's the most athletic. I mean, he's basically, he's basically a guy that's, that's built like Dak Prescott with, with Lamar Jackson-esque level speed. And he's got the arm of a Josh Allen. I mean, he's just every single thing that you'd want in a mobile quarterback. He's got it all put together. The only thing that he needs to do is refine the game, put it together, see it at the college or the, the pro level, excuse me, over the college level. And I think Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback to do that behind for a couple of years. And, you know, hopefully after one or two years, he's got the right pieces. Mariota can move on somewhere else. And Malik Willis likely will be starting for the Falcons. Seattle, there's a there's an argument to be made that uh, Malik Willis could fall to Seattle or that Seattle would look to take another uh, another one of the quarterbacks like a Kenny Pickett. But I've got them taking Derek Stingley Jr., who many believe is the second best cornerback in this draft. Coming out of LSU, he's got the amazing pedigree. LSU has LSU and Ohio State, their DBU, you know, defensive back university. If you want to take a safety or if you want to take a cornerback and you're, you're, it's a toss up between two guys, one of them went to, you know, Mississippi State and one of them went to LSU, probably take the guy from LSU because they seem to work out in the NFL, right? And this is really going to help Seattle jumpstart that defense. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a it's a horrendous defense. I don't think the offense is as bad as everyone says it is. Uh, but, you know, you're looking at a situation where they could possibly trade DK Metcalf for a first round pick in this year's draft and really, you know, restart everything that they're doing. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they move Tyler Lockett as well. He's going to be an easy contract to move for the type of veteran player that he is. But the cornerback position at nine, I think it's a good value because he's probably the best foundational piece uh, that you could grab at this spot. And then for the New York Jets from the Seattle Seahawks, I have them taking wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Um, now there's a lot of you know possibility that you know uh, Jamison Williams or Chris Olave or Traylon Burks could go here, but I think that with Corey Davis and Elijah Moore being the style of receivers they are, they're trying to get somebody with size. They're trying to get somebody with jump ball ability. Somebody you know who's who's a dog on the field. I think they wanted that for Denzel Mims, who's like six five. Uh, but he just didn't end up being that. And Garrett, Garrett Wilson's not Denzel Mims size, but, you know, it's not always about the size of the dog and the fight. It's about the size of the fight and the dog. And I think that's the move right here to get Garrett Wilson. I was on Twitter the other day and I saw Dan Orlovsky compare Garrett Wilson to a type of Julio Jones receiver. I think to me, he looks kind of like an AJ Green, but I mean, that's still relatively similar there. And so that'll be a great move for Zach Wilson, who now has uh, a significant upgrade on defense with Kayvon Thibodeau and presumably, uh, you know, an, another wide receiver to throw across 
Elijah Moore. And it's basically you got the big, strong guy and you got the amazing route runner, quick speed guy. The Washington Commanders, I have them taking cornerback Trent McDuffie. A lot of people have McDuffie over Derek Stingley out of LSU. But I, you know, like I was saying, I just don't think that you can take a similarly ranked guy over an LSU or an Ohio State defensive back. Um, but here, I mean, this, this is a good move because the Washington Commanders have their defensive front seven pretty much set. I mean, they've got a lot of guys, you know, surrounded by Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Their offense, they could use some receivers, but this is a receiver deep draft. So you'd want to wait to get those guys oh, instead of reaching for, you know, a stud right here. Um, because I think this is going to be one of the last chances to get, you know, somebody who you could say is the best cornerback in the draft. There's a couple more cornerbacks that I would take in the first round, but I think at, at that point you're looking at, okay, maybe we can get the second best cornerback in the draft. Um, but all these guys are argument are an argument for the first. I have the Minnesota Vikings at the 12 pick taking Trayvon Walker, the defensive end of Georgia. Now, Georgia is going to have a lot of players on their defensive front seven taken this year. None of them had an incredibly outstanding season. I believe Trayvon Walker had the best. Um, he didn't, he didn't really flash on the stat sheet. You didn't see a lot of that, but you kind of hope that, that he's going to take a step up as far as stats. I mean, he looks great. He's got all the physical gifts. Minnesota needs help on defense. I think that most of the time when offensive coaches you know, come in to a new team. A lot of the times what they like to do is they like to assess what they have on offense. If they're good there, then they just, you know, stack up the defense and leave it to the coordinator. And I mean, Minnesota's got some of the best weapons in the NFL, you know, between Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all those guys put together, they're, they're amazing. So Trayvon Walker, the defensive end from Georgia is really going to help jumpstart the Vikings defensive rebuild specifically and i mean what better position to do than defensive end houston texans i have them taking drake london the wide receiver from usc now this is their pick from cleveland that they you know traded away uh deshaun watson for and so you know the the texans are getting akeem Aquanu, the offensive tackle and now they're getting drake london a wide receiver and so they're they're committing to the build around Davis Mills, which is what I would do because Davis Mills looked like a franchise quarterback. And now you have to treat him like a franchise quarterback. You've got to give him protection. You've got to give him a weapon. And at some point you're going to want to get him a running back. If you can get an early enough pick in the second round, see if you can't get him Kenneth Walker, the third, because he's a guy that has big playability. He looks to me very, very, very similarly uh, in style and body to the way that Jonathan Taylor looked coming out of uh, Wisconsin. So I think that's the move, but offensive tackle first, wide receiver second, and then I'd go for a running back third. Baltimore Ravens are going to take uh, wide receiver Jamison Williams out of Alabama, who, you know, a lot of people thought that Jamison was the best wide receiver this year uh, in college. I would have said that was Chris Olave. Um, Notice Chris Olave hasn't come up yet. There's, I mean, there's reports saying that Chris Olave isn't as pro style and pro ready of a wide receiver as these other guys are. And so, you know, I did some looking into it and I mean, he's, he's a good route runner. He's, he's fast. Um, so he, he, he might end up getting more uh, used as like a gadget guy, 
kind of like, uh, you know, if Debo was a lot smaller um, or if LaVishka Chenault was a little bit bigger, you know, you know, something I'd maybe average those guys out. Who knows? But Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama, he's going to be an important target for uh, Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson doesn't really have any any good wide receivers. He's got Mark Andrews, and so if Mark Andrews just decided to play wide receiver, you know, I mean, he'd be a you know big ass wide receiver. But I mean, let's be real here. Rashad Bateman, he was injured. He didn't really click in the offense. Maybe you know he's got another gear to get to. If he does, that'd be great. And this could this could end up being one of the best receiving cores in the NFL in one year if they you know grab a guy like Jameson Williams, because you've got Marquise Brown, who's a glorified punt returner. Um, He'd be an excellent wide receiver three if Rashad could step up and be a good two. And Jamison, if he turns out to be the type of wide receiver one that you need, you could go from, you know, a bottom 10 wide receiver group to a top 10 in one year. The Philadelphia Eagles from Miami. I have them taking uh, defensive end George Karloftis from Purdue. I love I love schools like Purdue and Iowa, uh, Penn State. They, they, they produce some excellent offensive linemen and defensive linemen. George, he's a great, uh, great player coming out of the Big Ten, which is easily the second best football conference in the NCAA. This right here, this is Philadelphia's first out of three draft picks, and I have them addressing the defensive end position because they don't have too many holes. Um, I would say that they need to grab a wide receiver too, but I think that they're if I were them, I would go for some of these more uh, impact players on the lines first and then hope that the same wide receiver that you could take here is going to fall to you because they probably will because they've got picks 15, 16, and 19. So next up here, I have them taking offensive tackle uh, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. Again, you've got a quarterback who you know could use protection. He's a mobile guy. You don't want him getting hit. So anything that you can do to give uh, Jalen Hurts more time in the pocket is going to be gold. So you're helping uh, the defensive line. You're helping the offensive line. Perfect moves. If you're building up, you already made the playoffs, so you're trying to take small steps. That's the move right there. Uh, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah, I have going at pick number 17 to the Chargers. Now, this is going to be an important pick because if he can end up being the best linebacker in this draft, you know, somebody like uh, – Patrick Queen or um, a who was the kid that went to Cleveland, Jeremiah Usu Koromoa. If he can end up being a guy like that, that would be fantastic. Just the Chargers need somebody to stop the run. They have such a weak, such a weak interior offensive line from what it looks like. They also lost the defensive tackle, um, their defensive tackle this offseason. He left in free agency. Can't remember his name. He came over from Minnesota a couple of years ago, but that's not important right now. Uh, there's pretty much two linebackers that are going to be going in the first round, N'Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd. And if Devin Lloyd can end up proving that he's the best, this is a great pick right here for the Chargers because it fills up one of their only positions of need on their entire roster. I, This is crazy. I would have the New Orleans Saints drafting quarterback Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. I love Desmond Ritter. He fits the, he fits the mold of – what Drew Brees was drafted to be. He, he fits the mold of uh, what, what's his name? Bill Parcells. He fits the Bill Parcells mold where he's got to be a winner. 
Uh, you know, he had to, he had, he has to win at least 30 games in college. He had to stay at least three years, I think four. Uh, he's got to have a two to one touchdown interception ratio. And on top of all of that stuff, this guy is the second most athletic quarterback in the draft. And right now, quarterback athleticism is so important. People that think that quarterbacks should be sitting back, standing in the pocket, they're not smart people because that's not what the NFL is doing right now. All the best quarterbacks in the NFL are incredibly mobile. And I mean, I don't care what you guys say. Tom Brady is not one of those guys. He's lower down. He's being he's being carried by a fantastic team. But you think about all the best quarterbacks in the NFL, the the least mobile of them would probably be Matt Stafford and then Aaron Rodgers. And even then, like those guys, like those guys will run for first downs. They're not, you know, it's not like Tom Brady where you see him running out for a first down and it's just, it's sad. You want to look away. Desmond Ritter's fast. He, I mean, he feels like a Justin Herbert kind of guy where it's, he's not coming from a, he's not coming from a school as big as Oregon, but he's coming from a smaller school. Again, not quite as small as, you know, you know, North Dakota State or Wyoming, but he's coming from a smaller school and he's got all the physical gifts. I mean, he's incredibly fast. He's strong. He has a, a fantastically strong arm. He he's a guy that, you know, if he sat behind Jameis Winston, he could really develop into something you know incredible. It's funny. I have the first and second overall picks from the 2015 draft class that are both currently on two year contracts with their teams. Uh, having their teams draft quarterbacks to sit behind them. There's no coincidence there. It's just, or there's no reasoning there. It's just a pure coincidence rather. Um, but I have Desmond Ritter being the second best quarterback in this draft class going to the New Orleans Saints. The Philadelphia wide receivers, this is what I meant by, you know, that, that wide receiver that they could have taken at 16 falling to them at 19, because I think he will. If you take a look at the teams between 16 and 19, You've got the Chargers. They're not taking a wide receiver. The Saints maybe take a wide receiver, but they've got so many holes. I doubt that they're really going to try to stuff the offense. And then here we back are with the Philadelphia Eagles. Chris Olave, wide receiver who what, what he looks like, he looks like a fast, a good route runner type of receiver. He's, he's going to be one of those guys like a Jerry Judy or an Elijah Moore who he can get to the spots, he can get open like a Keenan Allen, um, you know, that type of athleticism where he's got the good footwork and he just needs to put the pieces together in terms of chemistry with his quarterback. And this could shape up to be uh, a really good set of weapons for Jalen Hurts if he's got, you know, Devonta Smith and Chris Olave, and then Dallas Goddard. That's a really good setup for them. At 20, I went back and forth here uh, because the Pittsburgh Steelers do need a quarterback. I just don't like any of the other quarterbacks enough to justify picking one here. And so I have him. I have them taking uh, Devontae Wyatt, uh, the defensive lineman from Georgia. There's, I mean, there's not a lot to say here. I mean, the the Steelers, they it seems like they keep losing pieces on their offensive line, or excuse me, on their defensive line. Um, I would say their biggest position of need is quarterback. Obviously, they could grab a wide receiver here. I doubt that they will. Um, but just making sure that that defense is good enough to compete for the future, because I don't think that I don't think that this team is designed to compete this year. So that's why I have them making this move, which is more of a long-term play than it is a get better right now play. 
New England Patriots, I have them taking uh, Tyler Linderbaum, the inside offensive lineman from Iowa. He's listed as a center. He's played guard. He's versatile like that. So, I mean, Patriots, I mean, what do you want? They're going to take a versatile guy that, you know, plays multiple positions, you know, went to a, a nice uh, blue blood Big Ten school. It, it just seems to be in their nature. They lost Shaq Mason in a trade for a fifth-round pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so they're in, the inside of their offensive line could use some bolstering. Uh, and I would like to see the New England Patriots go, go wide receiver at some point, maybe grab a guy in free agency if they're going to make this draft pick. But I think this is the smartest draft pick for them uh, because they are heavily reliant on their run game and they have a less athletic quarterback. So running or rushing up the middle – is what you do with less athletic quarterbacks. And so this is going to help prevent that. And the Green Bay Packers here, I have them taking the defensive tackle from the uh, from the University of Georgia. This is a pick number 22 that they got from the Raiders in the Devontae Adams trade. I like this is a I mean this is a value pick. There have been people that have rumored to take Jordan Davis as high as you know, top five pick. I doubt he'll go that high. I think he's going to fall just because there's questions about his ability to, you know, stay underweight. I think he's like 6'6", 360 pounds. Like he's a huge man, uh, but he can move and the Packers could use some runs, run support. I believe they lost Zadarius Smith. They lost one of the Smith brothers. I can't remember. I think it was Zadarius this offseason. And so, you know, putting a big guy in the front seven who is going to play uh, defensive tackle is really going to help uh, with that pass rush. You know, uh, it's going to help with uh, tackles for loss. It's going to help, you know, stuffing that center, helping the edges get better rushes. And it, like I said, it's, it's just a value pick. The Green Bay Packers need help defensively and they need help uh, with wide receivers and tight ends. And so I think this is the best player available at those positions. This one makes me upset because I couldn't find a picture without the background for Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Iowa. Oh, that's why I was thinking of him earlier when I was talking about the Texans, Akeem Aquanu. Uh, but anyway, I have the Arizona Cardinals taking an offensive tackle. I think, I think they're pretty set uh, at wide receiver and tight end and, I mean, they've got they got James Conner and they've got DeAndre Hopkins and they've got Rondell Moore. They've got, you know, the guys, they've got Zach Ertz, who you know are signed to long-term deals or on rookie contracts for a long time. Uh, but I think that they need to get some support for Kyler Murray so that he doesn't get too butt hurt about something. I think that the Cardinals have done a very excellent job at supporting him, but you know, I mean, it's been an interesting offseason. He's been pretty dicey about want, whether or not he actually wants to play for the Cardinals. Uh, and so really just solidifying any support that he has on the offensive side, I think, is a good move. And so Trevor Penning, uh, tackle out of Iowa, it's a good move. Now, I have the Dallas Cowboys taking a defensive end here. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Jermaine is, you know, by all accounts, a highly graded defensive end. I, I could see them going uh, for a wide receiver here. I could see them going for a defensive back, like a cornerback or a safety. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple cornerbacks coming. 
uh, with these next couple picks. But I got to go defensive end because I got to replace Randy Gregory. And uh, Demarcus Lawrence is not a as he's, I mean, he robbed the Cowboys, plain and simple. Um, and you got to get you got to get a pass rush in the NFL, especially if you're going up against teams that have offensive lines like the Eagles and the Commanders two times a year. I have the Bills taking inside offensive lineman Zion Johnson from Boston College. Likely he'd end up playing guard. Uh, but I mean, the Bills need help in the running game and with the guys that they have uh can't even remember their names they're just a couple of i'm not going to say bums but it's it's really one of the weakest receipt uh running back rooms in the nfl uh and they need help in the running game i don't think that there's a running back in the draft that you'd want to take in the first round and so the best move is to you know grab some guards to help that play out plus you've got a you've got a 500 million dollar quarterback you've got to help him out you've got to protect him I have the Tennessee Titans taking linebacker Nakobe Dean. Now I had mentioned Nakobe earlier. I think he could easily end up being the best linebacker in this draft. Uh, he's fast. He's athletic. He played for you know the Big Blue Blood School. He had great games against great opponents. And Tennessee uh, could use some help as far as defensive stars. I mean they've got Kevin Byard, but after him on defense, it's just it's kind of like a collection of very good guys. It's basically like the Buffalo Bills, but like from a much less uh, powerful perspective. Uh, they, dr they drafted Caleb Farley in the first round last year out of Virginia Tech, I believe. And he was a guy who I loved at cornerback just as long as he could stay healthy. And unfortunately, his first year, he couldn't even stay healthy. So I could see a move to take one of these next two cornerbacks that I'm going to be bringing up within these next five picks. I can't remember where exactly, but I think Nicobe Dean has fallen well too far for the Tennessee Titans to feel like they can pass up on it. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, taking a cornerback is going to be vitally important. They had pretty much no secondary last year. They've got a good safety in Antoine Winfield Jr., but Andrew Booth, the cornerback out of Clemson, He's going to be a guy that you should hope that you can put on any number one. Last year was a really good cornerback draft class, and this year should be too. Last year you had, um, was it five or six cornerbacks that went in the first round? I'm trying to think. I know Pat Sertain and uh, Asante Samuel both went – uh, to the Chargers and the Broncos in the second and first round, respectively. I'm trying to think of the name of the kid that went to the Panthers. I know he was a really good player. He was my defensive rookie of the year before he ended up getting hurt. Um, like I was talking about Caleb Farley. I think, is it Greg Ward or is that a safety? I don't know. I mean, somebody went to the Browns. Somebody went to the, the Packers. It was just a really good cornerback draft class. And I think this one could be pretty similar, but that's what they're hoping for with this draft class is a guy like an Asante Samuel at this point, who is just going to be, you know, slowing down any wide receiver that you put across from him and stopping, you know, some of the lower end guys, because that's what they need. I mean, they got, they got killed in the secondary last year. They have a great pass rush. And they need the secondary to match that, especially if they're going to try to maximize, you know, this one of this last year or one of the last years for Brady. 
I've got the Green Bay Packers getting a value pick here. Wide receiver Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I don't think he should have fallen this far. And I think that they love the fact that he has. He is somebody that could go top 10, top 15, maybe. But you traded away Devontae Adams and you didn't draft a wide receiver with that pick. You didn't get a wide receiver back. But a good wide receiver falls to you at your at your spot he would immediately become the best wide receiver on the team unless he's just absolutely awful, which, I mean, I hope he's not because Aaron Rodgers deserves something. Um, I mean, if I'm the Packers, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers kind of held you hostage with that massive contract, and so you're going to need young players. You might have to start pairing away, but right here, Traylon Burks, good pick for the Packers to try to run it back one more time with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, now, this is the Kansas City Chiefs pick from San Francisco through Miami, and I have them taking David Ajabo, the defensive end from Michigan. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys know, David Ajabo ended up, I believe he either tore his ACL or he tore his Achilles. I can't remember. I know he got hurt uh, very seriously at his pro day. And the reason that I have the Chiefs taking this pick, it's going to sound crazy, but I think that they understand that they don't need to go all in this year. And so they're, they're willing to take a guy who might not be able to play until the playoffs uh, in David Ajabo. But David Ajabo was looking at being, you know, Aiden Hutchinson at the end of the season was going to be a top 10 pick and David Ajabo was going to be another first round pick. Uh, that, that defensive pass rush, that edge rush from Michigan last year was fantastic. And that was large in part due to David Ajabo's play. So getting him, at 29 might be a little bit of a reach considering what he could do for you this year, but considering what he can do for your franchise long-term and in the playoffs next year, it's a good pick. David Ajabo, excellent defensive end. Kansas City Chiefs, I have replacing Honey Badger, who we all believe is going to be leaving a free agency, uh, replacing him with Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia, another Georgia player. Uh, now, Lewis Seen is a guy who a lot of people think might be the best safety in the draft. A lot of people might think he'd be, he could be better than Kyle Hamilton. That has yet to be seen, but you're getting a great pass rush and you're getting a great safety back-to-back picks. Um, you could really, really just reset your defense. Like next year, you could end up having, you know, two top 10 players uh, under 25 at their position right here which I know that that sounds like an ESPN stat, but nonetheless, you've got a, you've got a good young safety. You've got a good young defensive end. You're resetting that defense because you've got Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on the other side. Uh, at 31, I have Cincinnati taking uh, Jalen Petrie, the cornerback from Baylor. Now, the reason that I have them making this pick is because they They've, they've solidly filled up their offensive line, uh, especially the interior offensive line, all offseason with signings. And so I think they can afford to go defense here. They had a good defense last year. A lot of people were beef against Eli Apple. I mean, people, you know, calling him a bum, trash, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when you're going up against Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup. I mean, these are all top 12 wide receivers, and he had to pretty much solo all of them. But this move should help the Jalen quarterback cornerback out of Baylor. 
is I believe he's going to be my last cornerback picked. I don't think I have Detroit taking one. Um, but, that, you know, that's going to be a move to have him play opposite uh, Eli Apple all season. And then because Eli's only on a one-year deal, he signed a one-year deal with Cincinnati to stay, I think Jalen takes over that starting spot after next season. And then I did have Detroit taking a quarterback. I didn't, I didn't remember. This is the Detroit Lions pick from the L.A. Rams. For those of you who were confused that Detroit did not win the Super Bowl, uh, Kair Alam, the cornerback from Florida. This is basically one of those situations where they drafted a cornerback top three a couple years ago. I believe it was the 2020 draft. Yeah, it was 2020. Uh, they took, can't even think of his name, out of Ohio State. Uh, and, I mean, he's been injured. He played in the Patricia system, which was terrible. Uh, Kair Alam should be cornerback two going into the season unless he's just unequivocally better than the guy who the Lions have right now. It's really upsetting me that I can't think of his name. But nonetheless, cornerback is a big position of need for the Lions. Let's be really clear. They have a lot of positions of need, and they're filling them with Aiden Hutchinson and Kair Alam. An argument could be made for Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan, but it just looks a little, looks a little too suspect when you're taking uh, two Michigan players with your first two picks. Maybe I wouldn't say the same thing if they were Georgia or Alabama, just because it's not an in-state thing. But nonetheless, cornerback is the move for the Lions as they look to revamp their defense. That hasn't, I don't think it's had a top 10 finish since 2014. All right. So that was the first round. And that's what I, I imagine it's going to look like. I will be doing one every single week. And, you know, we're going to get a little bit more into detail about some of each of these players, you know, some more stats, uh, some physical attributes, some schematic fits even. And then getting closer to the draft, I might highlight a couple teams that I think have really interesting drafts and do a full seven rounds and what they're going to look like. Teams like the Texans who have, you know, excellent draft picks, the Lions, the Jets, the Eagles, the Giants, the Chiefs, the Packers, all teams that have excellent draft position, draft capital, high draft picks, many draft picks, and look like they could either really kickstart a rebuild or push themselves over the edge into title contention. But for now, be sure to stay up to date on all of our future content. I'm Austin Greeno, and this is The Extra Point.